So Eric Flowers can push a member of the media and skate on by. Odell Beckham gets chastised by the media and his peers alike, and he gets dragged for a week straight. <laughs> if you ask me, there's clearly an agenda at play here. It's Carl Sessions, New York City. I'm currently going over the Manhattan Bridge, talking to y'all, doing my usual one too. Now, I gotta tell you, I find it real funny. First of all, I'm kinda pissed off. Uh, I finally washed my car. Car's been kinda filthy. My car's already a natural off-white color. It's like that eggshell white. But the car was looking like a combination platter of gray, a little dash of black, and a little dash of eggshell. So I finally washed it yesterday. Finally. Had a day off, Jewish holiday, I believe it was Yom Kippur. Finally get it done. And guess what happens today, y'all? It's raining in New York City. I'm pissed. Finally washed the car. Rains the next day. At least I got one day out of the fresh wash. But anyway, Eric Flowers. <laughs> you out here pushing members of the media and you got by, man. The NFL might find you. They might suspend you, but I feel like if they were going to suspend you, at this point, they would have done it already. And to be frank, a suspension for Eric Flowers might be the best thing to happen to the Giants because the way he's playing, he might want to push me next if after I say this, but the way he's playing, the Giants, it might be addition by subtraction. But anyway, I just found it real funny, bro. They dragged Odell Beckham. Dragged him. We've we've hardly heard a peep. They did their they did their due diligence to speak about it, but Odell gets dragged for being a fiery competitor. This guy is putting hands on your peers, media. You put a hand on one of your guys, and y'all barely talk about it. So sports fans, if this doesn't tell you by now that the media. The people in control pick out who they want to pick on, pick out who they want to create narratives about, and, and then kind of direct the way you feel about said player. If this right here doesn't show you that this is what the media does, then you'll never see that you're directed in a certain direction. You're pushing a certain direction to dislike who you dislike in the sports world and like who you like. If tomorrow they wake up in the media and they say, Steph Curry is a showboat. Steph Curry's not good for the game. It's going to be a large percentage of sports fans all over the country regurgitating what they heard by way of various media outlets. But let's stay on message here. I'm concerned about the Giants. And it's like I got to eat crow. I got to eat some humble pie right now because I thought I was wrong. Look at this. I'm debating against myself. When Ben McAdoo got the Giants job, I was greatly concerned about his posture, his demeanor, his look. Could this man be a leader of men? Then a few games into the season, I see him light, light, lighting up, getting into the Larry Donnell. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know he had that in him. And I was of the belief, I, I, I basically said that I was wrong. I, I admitted and I owned something being that I didn't think he could lead men, and I see him here getting fiery with his men and saying, look, with his players and saying, look, bro, you effed up on that play. 
Be better the next time. And I came on call sessions and I'm like, look at look at look at this dude. Ben McAdoo. He's a man. Got the chin out, scowling, barking at players. And now I have to say that I'm wrong a second time on this dude. So Orel Beckham is out here, you know, snuffing nets, catches a touchdown, hugs the net. He's done some things that, you know, a little questionable when it comes to his emotions, all right? I get that. He's a fiery player, but your coach has to tell you when to chill. There's nobody telling Odell to chill. They hire a receivers coach from his past to more or less be a babysitter, to incubate him. <laughs> and then we have Eric Flowers out here pushing beat writers. Endless penalties out of nowhere Just a slew of penalties And it's like mental mistakes And now I have to say that I'm wrong Because we're back in a situation where what, what, what are you doing coach? Your players are kind of losing control Your players are erratic right now The penalties The emotional outbursts This wouldn't happen under Tom Coughlin I'm not a Tom Coughlin guy by any stretch. If you've been following this show from its, from its inception, you know how I feel about Tom Coughlin. I wasn't fully on board with Ben McAdoo, but I understand that they brought him on mostly because they, they, they did it for Eli. And I have to respect that. You, you want to keep your quarterback happy. But again, it's becoming an issue where I'm looking and it's like my initial reaction to the hire being that I'm not sure if he can lead men after five games... I've, I've swayed one way and came back to my original point. I'm not going to make any absolute statements now because I feel like that leads me to situations where I'm coming on car sessions and I'm saying where I was right, where I was wrong. Nah, I don't want to do that. What I want to say is as of five weeks into the season, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear that Ben McAdoo needs to work on leading men. He needs to work on getting his men, his players, to stay on message, stay on protocol, stay on agenda. It's not the Giants' way for players to push media members. Tom Coughlin wouldn't stand for that. To be frank, Tom Coughlin would probably tell Eric Flowers, you're not playing this week, or it'll be a hefty fine before it even gets to the league office. So you need to, Mr. McAdoo, you need to get it into your players' brains. Control yourself. Control your emotions. Focus on the game. If you suck and you have to answer the questions about sucking, be a man about that. You are a man in sucking, so be a man in the fact that you have to answer these questions. You have to answer for your performance. Mr. McAdoo, you need to do that because this is New York City. It's car sessions, New York City. I'm I'm a blip on the radar of the media world. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a larger blip. Don't get it twisted. But I'm a blip. Imagine what's gonna happen if the Giants keep losing and the players that you're coaching, you're under control of, you're in the control of, excuse me, keep messing up, keep having outbursts, keep having brain farts. The New York City media are gonna run you out of here so fast, it'll be like you never existed. So Mr. McAdoo. I know you're a coach in training, essentially. You're learning on the fly. But schematically with the offense, we know how I feel about that. But more than anything else, before the schemes and the play calling and all this and that, what you need to do is get your players to get their mind right. Keep their head in the game. And when I say the game, I'm talking about the all-encompassing being a professional athlete. 
Before anything else, I hope you spent this week doing that and the upcoming weeks doing that. The football to figure itself out because I know you're a good offensive mind. But you need to make sure your players get their mind right before their money ain't right and they ain't ready for war. Shout out to Memphis Bleak. I'm seeing a big story floating around here and it's like it's going in so many different directions. This whole Derrick Rose rape trial can't even it's like they're calling it a trial, but it's a civil suit. He's not gonna go to jail. <laughs> This, this is why, you know, this, it, it, I try my best not to scoff at it because, again, I've said in, a few weeks back, if you're a woman and your privacy is invaded to the level of rape, if your space is invaded to the level of rape, why are you only going for the money? If I have a daughter and she gets raped, I'm going for the highest extent of punishment. I want that man under the jail. Under the jail Forget she want money or not I want that man under the jail I know many women feel that way as well If a man violates you to the degree of rape You should want him to feel the utmost punishment So On the surface it's like I'm side-eyeing in everything that has come out People don't, don't, don't sit here and start scoffing and judging me On what I'm saying Do your research Read everything that's come out about this trial It's very fishy but we're not here to talk about the trial per se But I wanted to give you a quick canvas of what I'm looking at It's kind of fishy with the civil trial What she's brought to the table has been shaky her, her overall, The overall prosecution of Derrick Rose in terms of this civil trial is, is on shaky ground Straight, right? But let's talk about basketball And it's like, hey, I have to <laughs> I gotta laugh at the Knicks, man Because I saw something last night That indicates... Derrick Rose because it's happening in Los Angeles and I also saw that one of the one of the detectives on a on a case passed away might suicide or murder. I gotta do some more research. I was it was just a headline. I didn't read it because I'm kinda as you can tell, I'm kinda turned off by the whole case. I'ma look into it, but I believe it might it's either a murder it's a suicide and they might be looking into it for a murder. But as a Nick fan you have to be pissed off. I'm not a Knicks fan, let's be clear. But if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be pissed off because I saw something that says, because it's happening out in Los Angeles, the, the case, the trial, Derrick Rose will not be joining the team until the trial meets its conclusion. That's amazing to me. So it's like even when the Knicks win, they lose. So what do you mean it's a loss? What I'm trying to say is, is that you put this team together. Derrick Rose, you know, over the summer talking about super team and all this and that. Bro, before you can even be a good team, forget super team. Before you can even be a moderate team, y'all got to play together. And now you have a, a, a rape trial, a rape, a, a rape civil suit to where now you have to... Miss very important time Very important time Training camp is a, is a crucial Building chip You got all of these new personalities together You know Melo's an interesting dude You want to be able to see how you mesh with Melo How will Brandon Jennings off the bench Mesh with this guy and that guy How, how does the whole The whole pot Blend together where, where does Chris Stapps fit into all of this How does Joe Kim Noah and this role as a defensive anchor Fit into this How does it all look together And you're missing weeks now 
You're going to be missing weeks of crucial building time to where now you're going to be spending games during the regular season where you might be taking losses because you don't know how to play together. And the Knicks, as a franchise, they don't have the greatest luck. And it's like, of course the Knicks, if I'm a Knicks fan, of course we would trade for a player who would get in trouble while he was on his former team and we also have to feel a brunt of it because we can't get to, to reap the benefits of trading for him. <laughs> it was hard out here being a Knicks fan. I'm a Lakers fan and it's tough times, but don't get it don't get it twisted. A three-year stretch of tough times as opposed to a near two-decade stretch of tough times is not is not comparable by any ima- cost of the imagination. Cost of the imagination. Any stretch of the imagination. Where did I get cost from? I got to do better than that. <laughs> Busy listening to Panda here and talking to y'all. I got distracted. But if I'm a Nick fan, it's like, y'all got to be kidding me. Because I'm trying to tell y'all something right now. The time that you guys are missing playing these preseason games, building camaraderie, building chemistry, is going to hurt the building process and y'all going to take L's. The Knicks won't look like a good team if they ever become a good team until maybe December or January at the earliest. Only because it's, it's common knowledge that when you bring in various parts, it takes a little while for it to mesh. It's only a few exceptions to the rule. I think the most recent exception to the rule where you bring in a slew of guys and it works right away was a Boston 07-08. I'm not sure if, if if since then it's worked. Out. Even the Miami Heat, they would I what, 11 and 12. They were under 500 at one point because it took it took them about 30 games to really start clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they eventually went to four straight finals, but Nick fans don't have, Nick fans in New York City. Don't have that kind of patience to wait for a team to get good when it's been so many years of disappointment. You had a couple of nice little blips. I think it was a 12 13 season. The Knicks, what, won the Atlantic Division, had a strong playoff run, lost in the second round to Indiana. Then they, they proceeded to miss the playoffs every year since, right? Before that, can a Knicks fan really, only diehard Knicks fans can tell you when their last playoff appearance was prior to that. But it's like Groundhog Day being a Knicks fan. There's always something negative happening out here. I'm not trying to get, you know, I kill the Knicks all the time because Knicks fans, there's a certain, like I always say, there's a certain segment of Knicks fans who have no wins for me. They talk too crazy. They, they know they cheer for a team that's been a perennial disappointment. But they talk the craziest levels of talk. And it's like, I can't get with y'all and I'm not going to get the Knicks any wins when it comes to y'all. But as a, as a, Objective observer The Knicks are going to be in trouble If Derrick Rose doesn't wrap this up real soon If this case doesn't wrap up within the next few days The Knicks are going to be in trouble Because it's going to All the time lost You can't get that back You can't get that back And you run the risk Of stunting the growth of this team This team might be better I mean the record might say one thing But they might be better than that record But then when you roll into the playoffs You don't get that home court advantage Because you lost games earlier in the season That you might not have lost If you had a Derrick Rose Really the Bulls should be the ones Feeling this kind of pressure The Bulls should be the one Dealing with Derrick Rose in the trial But because the Knicks traded for this dude Because of and because the Knicks traded for this guy They had to deal with the punishment Of something he did while he was on the Bulls I feel for Nick fans in this case. They can't catch a break out here. Speaking of things, 
you know, my, my uncle Hove in the background. Well, we're gonna shift again. We're gonna stay with players who are in the media for dealing with things in the worst possible way when it comes to the opposite sex. Whether, you know, I'm not saying Derrick Rose is guilty based on everything that's out there, he's clearly not guilty. But you don't want to be in the news for rape. Those, another thing you don't want to be in the news for as a, as a male of any level of any stature is domestic violence. Greg Hardy can't get a job in the NFL because he chokeslammed his girlfriend at the time on a bed of guns along with other acts. But that, that one move always sticks out to me. Like, first of all, why do you have all your guns on the bed? Secondly, why are you chokeslamming your girlfriend on that bed? Like, what, what, like what's really going on upstairs? What's really going on upstairs? Again, I know relationships can get very heated. Relationships, when, when you're in a long-term relationship or whatever kind of relationship, and there's a lot of emotions involved, things can go very left. But that doesn't say that it, that doesn't mean you go left to where you are choke slamming your girlfriend on a bed of guns or even putting your hands on her in any form of fashion. But again, you know, he's a football player. There's levels of testosterone that I probably will never reach because I'm not an athlete of that stature. So maybe I, I just can't understand what was going through his head because I can't relate. But to me, right is right and wrong is wrong. You don't do that. So now, because he can't get a job in the NFL, I think Greg Hardy might have found the right field for him. You know, you can't play basketball. You damn sure you can't play baseball. You like chokeslamming your girlfriend on beds of guns. You like physicality. You like that. So now I'm seeing Greg Hardy's going to the MMA field. So now he gets to fight people and get paid. This might be the, the most brilliant move he's ever made. If you guys have anger issues, if you have problems with expressing levels of physicality, you need to get it out of you. Why not get paid to punch somebody in the face in a controlled environment? Some would argue that the MMA world is safer than boxing because once you're out, the referee flies in there, he stops the fight. Whereas boxing, that 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 machismo, that 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 will to continue on, referees will let a guy take levels of punishment that will be never seen in MMA. 12 round fights where you getting slugged and slugged and slugged and slugged and you, and you not, you know, it might not be a flurry, but rounds, essentially a 12 round fight is 36 minutes long. So you spend, you spend 36 minutes getting punched in the face. You'll never take that amount of punishment in the MMA world. Because once you're out, you're out. The first time you get caught with a shot, you know, boxing, you can get caught with a shot, you use the ropes to hold yourself up, you can get back in the fight. In the MMA world, the first time you get caught with a shot and you're slightly concussed, the fight is over. Because as soon as that person mounts you and they start rocking you a couple more times, the, the ref jumps in, stops the fight. So, Greg Hardy can now put his hands on people in a controlled environment that, that'll stop him from doing extreme physical harm. I'm not here to condone anything Greg Hardy's done in the past with his domestic violence history. But if you're going to do anything to feed this need you have to put your hands on people, why not MMA? He, he might get his ass kicked, absolutely. He might get washed and set. But if you can't play football because nobody would touch you because you've shown absolutely no remorse since you've come back to the league, you've probably been an even bigger clown because, you know, how are you going to say a bigger clown? Because in, in the end... 
you know what your situation is and you chose not to show no remorse and you chose to still be an issue in the locker room. You did nothing to improve yourself. So therefore, you're a bigger clown because in that moment, you're supposed to show remorse. You do an interview and even then you don't own up to anything, right? So now no one's going to touch you in the NFL. So, all right, Greg Hardy, Mr. Hardy, I'm not mad at you for this move whatsoever. This is good business. You know, and if you get washed and set, it'll be karma. If you get put right on your backside, it'll be karma for the things that you've done and everything that's led to the point to where you have to go to a secondary sport and not your primary sport because you messed yourself up, you know, doing things that you should not have done. Point blank, period. Truth be told, he's probably going to get beat up, guys. What y'all think? Let me know. Hit me on Twitter, chat underscore O'Hara. I expect him to get beat up. YG in the background bumping. Couple days ago, the Chicago Cubs. You know, you notice I haven't spoken about the traffic, right? Traffic once again is real good. Every time I drive and I do this New York City episode, I really can't complain about traffic. But I gotta get to Eastern Parkway first before, before you know, I get too hype about the traffic because once I get to Eastern Parkway, it's like all the foolery starts. But uh, the Cubs a couple nights ago took care of business to the Giants. Giants bullpen failed them And I see what Eddie was saying About the Mets And the Mets were smarter And took more pitches Against Madison Bumgarner To get him out in the 7th inning The Mets probably win that game Because They get to that horrible bullpen (laughs) In San Francisco But that's not why we're here I saw the Chicago Cubs team The entire team The entire playoff roster on the mound Took a picture The same picture that the Cubs Not the Cubs, the Royals took After they won the World Series With a whole roster posed, Laid out on the mound In victory And I'm like, wait a minute Why in the world After a five game Divisional round series Are you celebrating that hard? I know every win is a beautiful thing. Baseball is a long season, this, that, and the fourth. I get all of that. I ain't even mad at you for that. But there is no need. There is absolutely no need for you to be posing as an entire roster, an entire ball club on the mound of the San Francisco Giants after a division round win. For that, for that, I got to say, the Chicago Cubs are what we call new money. You guys are clearly not used to anything. And it's amazing to me because you won the division around a year ago. You were in the NLCS a year ago. So a lot of you guys have already been here. You should have known better. Whose idea was it to pose an amount like, well, did y'all see the Royals? Yeah, that'd be a great photo op. So let's get it. You guys are one of the most cursed sports franchises in the world. I don't want to call it Butch League because it's not Bush League. But it is new money. You guys are supposed to jump around, do your usual thing, go in the locker room, spray a little champagne, a little sparkling cider, and go about your business. Y'all did the World Series pose after the divisional round? Are you kidding me? And nobody talked? Everybody let that ride? Y'all busy worrying about Odell Beckham and what he should or shouldn't be doing, but y'all let the Cubs and, y'all, and those new money antics ride? That's amazing to me. <laughs> man. Man. 
as we bring this episode of New York City to a close, we, we're approaching the stretch run here. Big news coming out of San Francisco. Colin Kaepernick is going to start at quarterback. And I'm seeing all the Facebook posts. I'm seeing all the tweets. Now, now you can take your message to the next level, Cap. It's your time. It's your time, Cap. And you know what? You know how I feel about Kaepernick in his stance. I agree with it 100%. It is what it is. Some people, some of y'all are going to stop listening right now. I understand. I get it. But you know what? This is America. We are allowed to have dissenting opinions on a slew of things. This is one of those things that clearly has created dissent in America. But pause it. Pause it. We are not here to talk about that. What we are here to talk about is the fact that I sit there and I see the celebrations. I see the hooting and hollering and the pom-pom waving for Colin Kaepernick starting at quarterback. Again, nobody's talking about the fact that Colin Kaepernick in order to start for the San Francisco 49ers, had to agree to avoid the last few years of his contract and essentially is on a show-me deal right now because at the end of the season, he becomes a free agent. What he's doing right now is auditioning for either Chip Kelly or some other NFL team. Although Chip Kelly has the perfect offense, this offense is tailor-made for Colin Kaepernick, Chip Kelly has shown that he's not... Capable of making the right football decision On the NFL level On the college level He's great He's great But his approach to football Is not It's not, it's not a fail safe approach Because you saw when he you know, When he got to the championship game against Auburn Many years ago against Cam Newton That offensive approach Kind of got neutralized And he didn't have a plan B Eventually they got some scores But for those who watched that game, they remember Auburn basically controlled that game. Same thing happened to same thing with that same offensive approach happened when Ohio State beat Oregon again. So we really see. I'm just pointing this out to show that his approach to football is is one dimensional, and it's not without its fails. And the person that's that one dimensional, that's locked in on certain things. Is, is likely to constantly make the wrong decision. You saw him make the wrong decisions in Philly. You have Colin Kaepernick. You had Blaine Gabbert running a read option office when Colin Kaepernick is right there. And we saw what Kaepernick was capable of doing in a read, a, a, not a variation of the read option with under Harbaugh. Like what, like, what are you doing, Chip? That's the first thing. But the second thing is, even with all the business, you should have had Kaepernick on the field. One thing about the NFL is money's always going to sort itself out. He got hurt last year, and, he, and Kaepernick made a power move to where, even though he got hurt, it was language in his contract to where he would get the full allotment of his money this season and still be on the team. There's a lot of things about his contract that we didn't know about that I just recently read about. The, the shoulder injury last year that he didn't that he didn't let on about until a certain point forced San Fran's hands to where they had to keep him and he got his money this year. So if, in order for him to play this year, he had to void he had to void the rest of his contract. So in the event that he gets hurt, it's a risk-free move for San Fran. They're not on the books next year for another 15 mil or so. He had to do all of that. He had to do all of that just to get on the field. So all of y'all talking about. Oh, he's all about the movement. Salute to Colin Kaepernick. I, what's happening on the football field, Kaepernick, this weekend 
and what he what he's standing up for off the football field are not mutually inclusive. They're mutually exclusive. San Fran's making the move because it is the best football move, and, and they don't want to be on the hook. What they did was they made a great business move. They know Cap is the perfect guy for what they want to do. They want to win some more games, but they also don't want to pay this man what they're paying him. They might want to draft a quarterback next year, but they want they they want to sell. Listen, they want to sell tickets. They want to put butts in the seat, and butts will come out to that new, a new stadium that that's been filling the bad team. If Kaepernick is playing Whether they win or lose Butts will be in the seats To see Kaepernick play And they get to draft the quarterback next year And they get to Or they get to resign If he balls out They get to resign And they have their quarterback In the future all over again Or 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 he balls out They still suck And he goes And they put Butts in the seats Everybody wins You know I'm not trying to be a cynic When it comes to this But I just feel like To be frank and I, you know, I gave him credit for making the power play. I, I, you know, I thought that before I did my own homework, that San Fran didn't want the media backlash of possibly being a racist. Chip Kelly definitely didn't want the backlash of possibly being a racist by letting Colin Kaepernick go after the whole kneel down game. When in reality, there was language in his contract to where he was going to get paid regardless if they let him go or not. So San Francisco, like, they might as well keep him because we might need him later anyway. Kaepernick wants to play. So they checkmated Kaepernick in a sense to where if you want to play, you got to you, you did his dirty last year by withholding the injury and positioning yourself in a way that the language of your contract comes into play after a certain date on the calendar. We were forced to keep you. You gotta give us. You gotta do us a favor now. You gotta give us that back, bro. You gotta get that back to us. So Kaepernick had to sacrifice millions of dollars. I mean, he's paid. He doesn't. Where he, where he is right now, and the vibe he's giving me is that look, that that money doesn't mean anything to him. It, it's, it's bigger than paper. But he had to get that back to get on the field, and we need to talk about that. We need to talk about the fact that it was a shrewd business deal at play. For this man to get him to field Because if it wasn't for that He'd either not be a 49er Or San Fran would have been okay To just leave him on the bench Kneeling there with the anthem For 16 games straight And it wouldn't have mattered They need Kaepernick to sell tickets And they don't want to pay him anymore Honestly The way the, the more I talk to you guys about it and, and the agreement Kaepernick had to make The more I believe that he Regardless of the outcome of the season He's not going to be a 49er if the 49ers wanted to keep him, they would have had him void the contract. They probably would. They would have. They may. They maybe do a restructure, but to do a complete void of the last few years says that they don't want him. They tried to trade him last year. He didn't want to be there. This this is a tenuous relationship, and it goes back to the skeptics of his stance in the first place. But they was like he was doing this for a purpose. I never agreed to that. I don't believe that he's doing it because he believes what he believes. But all of this business at play shows that there was so many layers to the Colin Kaepernick and San Francisco relationship. Layers upon layers upon layers. San Fran, man, they ain't never going to be good again. <laughs> at least not for another few years. How they handled the hardball scenario, how they handled Kaepernick, 
They paid all this money for a new stadium, thinking they would have a good team to put into this new stadium, and they instantly went in the opposite direction. It's bad business. It's bad business coming out of San Francisco. Another another bad business deal <laughs> in, in the eyes of a lot of sports fans I'm seeing. This whole Chris Bosh breakup with the Miami Heat and Pat Riley. I saw I saw another blip come up. I think it was on Columbus Day. That Miami's gonna wait until March 1st, 2017 to officially waive Chris Bosch so that he is not eligible to play for any other team, especially in the playoffs. So basically what they're doing is blocking Chris Bosch from going to another team and helping them win a championship. So now I'm saying, oh, this is so cold-blooded. How could they do that? Oh, the Miami Heat, they're so wrong. You know? All right. On the surface, on the surface, it's, it's, it's grimy business. It's grimy business with the Miami Heat are doing to Chris Bosh. I can't argue that. I can't even formulate a strong enough argument in the opposite direction to say that how grimy it's not because it's extreme grime. But th- what this is, what this shows me here is that the relationship between Miami and Chris Bosh had grown toxic. It's clear on both sides. Everybody's looking at this from one perspective. And you know me, I'm all about perspective. I'm not going to jump on one side of the fence and that'd be that. I'm gonna look at both sides of the equation, and I'm I, and I'm gonna conjure up an opinion on it. My opinion on this is that things are very sour in Miami between both sides, and it, and it didn't just happen. It's been building from the first blood clot issue that he had. I believe that was the beginning of the end. Really and truly, the beginning of the end came when the contract discussions. When he got, ended up with the hundred million dollar contract, where they were only offering eighty, because they were trying to like maneuver money to keep players, and then they just basically gave it to. Him. They didn't want to give him that bread, but it was like they had to. It was like we really don't value you at one hundred and twenty mil, but because we couldn't get anybody else, you might as well take it. And don't get it twisted for a second to feel like Chris Bosh took the money, but there was a slight involved. There was a big slight involved. You didn't value me here. You just gave it to me because. Nobody else wanted to take your money at the time. You know what I mean? Huh. That was really the beginning of the end. On top of the fact that behind the scenes, everybody's talking about Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley. LeBron James is pulling a lot of strings here. If you don't think LeBron James has a great deal to do with Miami breaking up in terms of where Dwayne Wade is in Chicago and what happened, what's happening with Chris Bosh right now. If you don't think LeBron James is a key component to that, you're very ignorant and you're very blind. You need to watch the show House of Cards. LeBron James is like the lead character, Frank Underwood of House of Cards. Behind the scenes, making a lot of power moves, a lot of undermining moves, a lot of back channeling and his frayer relationships in Miami. I'm pretty sure LeBron James had a large role to play in Chris Bosh and his decision to try to play somewhere else. I Miami said, really? You want to go, you know, consult with the enemy? Because remember, a rumor came out that Cleveland was on the table because he gets his money regardless. Remember, NBA contracts are guaranteed. So he could go to my, my excuse me, he could go to Cleveland for the league minimum. 
and go ball out and play for a title. That's absolutely not going to happen on Miami's watch. So Miami's looking at that like, oh, you want to you wanna consort with the enemy and you want to possibly play with the enemy? Oh, no, 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 no. Because it was petty. Because it was very petty on a friend of Miami. But Miami can always spin it to where we're doing this for the health of Chris Bosh. Because once again, all of you guys sitting on the soapbox and feeling some type of way. Feeling some type of way about what Pat Riley and Mickey Harrison are doing. Do remember that Chris Bosh is not out of the woods. His health is still at risk. At this point right now, he's running a major health risk by playing. By even attempting or considering playing, he's putting his life on the line. So, when it's all said and done, y'all have to remember that. How do we know? Just just to beg the question. How do we know that Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley aren't saving Chris Bosh from himself? We don't know that. But we're quick to say, it's grimy, it's grimy, it's grimy. What I do know is that LeBron James <laughs> was the beginning of the end of Miami. What I do know is, is that I'm pretty sure the thought of Chris Bosh going to play with LeBron in Cleveland was something that Pat Riley, with his negative feelings towards LeBron James, could not allow to happen. So if that meant stopping him and, and being a complete hater at, in the process from going to Cleveland and, and playing for a title, he did what he needed to do. But he still has his security blanket of saying, we're doing it for the best when it comes to Chris Bosh. We're doing it with the best of intentions. For Chris Bosch. And finally, before I let you go, my man, this guy, <laughs> this dude, the polarizing Donald Trump, made a comment about grabbing. Y'all know what he said. Let's not even continue. So instead of falling on the sword and saying, you know what, I said it. You know, every now and again, we have indiscretions. We say things amongst friends that are inappropriate. This dude comes and pulls athletes into it, talking about it's locker room talk. Are you kidding me, man? Donald Trump was like the dude who, who was on the corner selling drugs, right? And his homeboy was there, who had nothing to do with selling the drugs. He just so happened to be standing on the same corner. The, the, the cops came, arrested him. And, we, and he said, you know, I was on the corner. Like, what, what happened? I was on the corner with such and such and, and, and naming somebody who had nothing to do with anything. So now the cops I want to involve your homeboy because you named him when they asked you what happened that day. Oh, so was, was such and such selling with you? Even if you say no, he's going to get pulled into questioning now. He's going to get pulled into questioning because he was standing on the corner while you were selling drugs. You just so happened to mention him. Back to Donald Trump. He says his locker room talk. So now athletes <laughs> Athletes now have to answer They have to be brought in for questioning About what locker room talk is Huh <laughs> LeBron James is getting questioned about it Victor Cruz is getting questioned about it And it's like this is a question That they shouldn't even have to answer Because what Donald Trump said years ago It's none of their business but Donald Trump, oh, it's locker room talk. Donald Trump's not an athlete. What does he know about locker room talk? What locker room you been in, Donald Trump? Your high school locker room decades ago? <laughs> Donald Trump, I'm not here to politicize, but we just talking as, as people now. Donald Trump, don't involve anybody in your foolishness. And that goes with people. If you're at work, and something happens to you at work, right? 
If something happens to you at work and one of your coworkers is dead and they had nothing to do with it, don't go to your boss when you're getting reamed out and say, well, well, Mike was with me. Mike had nothing to do with it. Take your medication, take your meds, take the L by yourself. <laughs> you know, I got to bring a little real life into a car such as New York City. It's not just a sports show. It's a life show. And in life, we hate the person who involves people in situations that have nothing to do with them. Don't call my name if I had nothing to do with it. Donald Trump, don't 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 mention locker rooms if locker rooms had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? You get you getting athletes in situations where they have to answer questions that, that they normally wouldn't have to answer because it doesn't involve them. They're not a politicians. Locker room talk stays in the locker room. That's not a question the media should be asking them. Why should why, why why should they have to divulge what happens in the locker because a dude who's never been in a professional locker room said his locker room talk? Come on, son. <laughs> Shout out to Ed Lover. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Car Sessions New York City. As always, we'll be back on Monday live 7 p.m. for Car Sessions in New York. It's a car. For the Car Sessions Sports Report. See, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing my shows. Live Monday, Car Sessions Sports Report. I will be back on deck. I'm considering moving the show to an earlier time. So look out for that on Twitter. If I decide to announce it officially, I did it earlier for Columbus Day and I actually liked it. So I'm considering doing it earlier on a permanent basis. So if I decide between now and Monday to move it up from 7 p.m. to an earlier time, look for that on Twitter, chat underscore O'Hara. Also, once again, be mindful. TJ's new podcast is coming real soon. TJ's new podcast, once again, is coming real soon. So be on the lookout for that. It's been the reason you haven't heard from TJ. He's constructing this new podcast. Be on the lookout for that. Until next time. Call Sessions New York City is out of here. Peace.